What the world needs now is love. That's what the message is about. And it's very challenging, very challenging message on the whole area of love. If you brought your Bibles with you, please turn with me to 1 John 3. We're going to read from verse 11 to 18. 1 John 3 from 11 to 18. And a lot of people think, well, as long as I got love, everything's okay. There is real responsibility attached to that. And the Bible makes that quite clear. It's not just talking about love. You've got to be actually doing the stuff. It's a little bit like faith. You know, James says, faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. In the message, it says it's like a corpse. So it really says it very clearly. Okay. So we're going to read from 1 John 3, verse 11 to 18, then we're going to pray. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that if we have... Sorry, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. And there's a whole lot attached to that statement as to how we act, how we speak, all kinds of things. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Oh yeah, but I prayed the sinner's prayer. But you've got to have love. You can, you, it, it, just, it just can't be separated. A lot of people would like it to be separated. It can't be, according to Scripture. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought also lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Now, there's a challenge. Because you might be walking through town, you might be doing anything at all, and the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and says, give that brother or sister everything that's in your wallet. That's a challenge. And we demonstrate our love, not to the world, to God. Because he sees everything, not just some things, everything. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Father, we just come before you this morning, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, not just to our heads, to our intellect, even though that needs to be renewed as well. And that needs to fall in love with you like the rest of us. But Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, that you might plough our hearts so that the seed of your word would fall into our hearts and produce fruit to the glory of your name. 
Help me as I bring it. Help everybody that is listening to hear what the Spirit is saying this morning, for I ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. We saw that demonstrated so well this morning. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? The question is being asked. How can it be? Dear children, let us not merely say we love each other, but let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we'll be confident when we stand before God. That comes from the Living Bible. Let me read to you what the message says. I read it and it just struck my heart. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? Listen to what it says. It disappears and you made it disappear. When I read that line, I read it again and again and again and I thought, that's what happens when we shut our hearts up, it disappears and we did it. Wasn't somebody else? We did. That's what, this, that's what it says in the message. You made it disappear. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Amen? We know that. You can ask Susie what I used to be like before I got saved. You can ask my sister-in-law what I was like. The world revolved around me. I was the only important one. Nobody else really mattered. And every time I was generous, in my estimation, I patted myself on the back. Come on, we've probably all been there to one degree or another. I was there, boots and all. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Okay, there's a whole lot of things I want to say at this stage. The Bible says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of men the things that God had prepared for those who love him. You read it and you meditate on that particular verse and your mind just goes, what's he got in store for me? We haven't thought about it. We can't imagine just how much it might be. We have no idea, but that's what God's word says to you and me. That comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are God's fellow workers. When you read that and you go, excuse me, like that's alongside of... It's just like you're walking together. That's how close it is. You are God's field. You are God's building. Wow. 
It gets really serious, doesn't it? God is love. He doesn't just talk about love. He is love personified. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. Hebrews 4 verse 3, nothing is hidden in all creation from God's side. So everything that we do and say, he both sees and he hears. So if I'm saying Chris asks me a question and I'm rude to him, God hears. And he's not impressed. He still loves me. It doesn't matter what I do or what you do, you cannot, what's name, shut his love off. Even if he judges you, he judges you in love and in righteousness. There's no unrighteousness in God at all. None. That messes with my mind. You, you know why? Because... I really like people if they do all the right things. Anybody like me? No, no, okay, I'm, I'm one of the only ones. But that's, that's what it's like. God's not like that. And yet he has something to say that sin separates you from God. So he, he's not separated. You separate yourself and all of a sudden, no communication. The heavens are like brass. Why? Because you're doing everything contrary and you are grieving God. You're grieving God, the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, it's like the wireless is turned off and you're not hearing what he's saying to you. Scripture declares over and over that all of God's ways are just. Not just one scripture. Scripture after scripture. This one that I picked out was Psalm 33 verse 5. says that the Lord loves righteousness and justice, so his judgments are always fair and without injustice. There's no injustice in God at all. If you remember what, uh, what Moses, when he got the whole 70 to help rule the Watson and the nation of Israel... He says, make sure that you pick people that don't get money by, off, on the side, you know, like they've got to be true and they've got to be righteous, they've got to do everything just right. In our walk with God the Father through Jesus Christ, there has to be an outworking of our faith work. We can't just say we love God and love is not coming from us in relational Attitudes that we have towards one another. Have I got it all together? I wish I did. I wish I did. I haven't got it all together, but I'm getting better. Is that right, dear? You've got to ask your wife if you're getting better because they live with you all the time and they know exactly what you're like. Let's, 
let's have a, a look at a verse for a minute. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, we're talking about faith in here. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So even in your walk of love, there's got to be a faith element because you can't do it by yourself. Can I hear an amen? You cannot love the way God is asking you to love by yourself. You just haven't got it in you. We'd like to say yes, but that's not true. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, not haphazardly, diligently seek him. That's what the scripture says. Okay, let me, let me turn one more, a couple of pages from James 2, 20, 26. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? There has to be an outworking, whether it's faith or whether it's love. If there's not an outworking, it's dead. Can I say it any plainer than that? It just doesn't live. It's died and hasn't got the grace to lay down. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? We're not justified by works. Please, I'm not saying that for one minute. Because it's only what Jesus Christ did on the cross at Calvary. And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see that that a man is just you see that then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. We cannot separate our walk. If it's going to be a love walk, and it says that we should, then we can, we can offer no excuse at all that is valid to God. Not at all. God showed how much he loves us by sending his one and only son. He didn't just talk about it. Action was attached to everything. So that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Friends, since God loved us that much, Surely we ought to love one another. There's got to be that outworking. Somehow we've got to cut off, put to death the stuff that, that goes around us and we, we call it self-preservation, but it's not, what's the name? It's not loving God. It's just self-preservation. 
No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. But that expression has to come forth. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. It goes on to say, all who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us. We have to put our trust in that love. See, it didn't just happen in Matthew. It happened in Genesis already that he made the promise. Virtually straight after mankind's sin by eating off the tree that God told them they wouldn't, shouldn't be eating off, he made the promise there's going to come a saviour. So, in one of a better word, this whole book is about love. And also the absence of love. So God, in the Old Testament, we say, well, God is, is, is not very nice, he's austere, and he put up with people's sin and rejection of him for so many hundreds of years before judgment ever came. Don't tell me that God is an austere, horrible God. He's a loving Father. And all history proves that. It's not just... You know, you do something wrong and he's there with the 4B2. It's not like that. Love indeed. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by our actions, by the way we behave. Oh dear. That means when you're driving a car and somebody in front of you, and I'm using this example because I'm an impatient driver. If I'm going to Hobart, I want to get there ASAP. And if somebody's in front of me that's doing 15 when the speed limit is 60, I tend to grumble. Anyone else? It's frustrating. And yet... My attitude should be, Father, bless him somehow. <laughs> no, no, no I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm serious. Do something with him or her, whatever the case may be. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's another story. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus on earth. We say that, glibly say it, and, and, and it, it, it rolls off the tongue pretty easy, but the Lord wants to bless you today so you can be a blessing to others. That's the reason that God blesses you, so you may pass it on to somebody else. Amen. Hopefully it's an overflow and you don't even have to work at it, it just bubbles out of you. He wants to work through you to show his love and compassion. Notice this verse tells us love isn't just about our words and thoughts. It's about our actions. Love is about reaching out and meeting the needs of others. 
Sometimes meeting a person's need is as simple as a smile or sharing a word of encouragement. Sometimes that's all that's needed. Other times it's some more. There are many ways we can show the love of God. Can you pay for somebody's fuel or groceries? I have been looking to do that for ages. One time I thought I had it. This guy was at the checkout and he was saying, I've lost my wallet, I can't find it, now I can't pay you. And I thought, here's my opportunity. I just walked up to the cashier, I said, here, I said, there's the card, just pay, pay for it. And the guy started protesting. He was an older guy, probably younger than me, but he looked like an, <laughs> he looked like an older guy. So, and he said, no, he said, you can't pay for my grocery. I said, yes, I can. And he insisted I was not going to pay for his groceries. And after a while, he found his card. And he says, here, I got my card. I can pay for my own. Missed out again. You know why? Because I've been thinking about it for a long time. I would love to bless somebody. Just, just to do it and walk out of there and say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Because Why? Well, doesn't God bless you and me? Come on, we live in Australia. That's a blessing in itself. We are blessed beyond measure. We could have been born in India, Bangladesh, Nepal. Come on, poor countries. Maybe visit someone in hospital or a nursing home. Do you see a need that you can meet? Any kind of need. Look for ways to put your love into action. Just, come on, God, give me an opportunity to put love into action. The Bible says that it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. By us showing kindness, may they not come to that place because they see the kindness of God in us. The Lord chooses to show his kindness in the earth through you. Step out. Sow good seeds of love by meeting the needs of others. The lyrics of this classic song reflect the worldwide uh, longing to be loved. Who knows that what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's too little of. Was it the Beatles that sang it? Yeah whole heap of people are but it's true it's true God has met this need in Jesus Christ because in Jesus a new kind of love is possible and is at work in our world but we are the carriers of it and if we hide it no one will ever see it it's only when we let it out We've got to let it out somehow. When Martha, Martin Luther's translation of the Bible was being printed, 1522, a long time ago, a piece of type fell to the floor. The printer's daughter found the section which said, For God so loved the world that he gave. She was so excited. She ran up to her mother and said, Look, Mum, what I found. And she said, Gave what? 
It doesn't say, because that's all it says, for the, God so loved the world. She said, it doesn't matter. If God wants to give, I want to receive it. See, it doesn't have to say all the other stuff. And this is what she said. If God loves me enough to give me anything, I don't need to be afraid of him. Because that is in the minds of so many people. God is an austere God. He just he puts commandments on you and he, he wants to spoil all your fun. He wants to give you life, not take it away from you. Many think of God as harsh, judgmental or indifferent towards the world. The truth is, he loves us. The gift of love. How do we know that our God loves us? God showed his love among us. He sent Christ, his one and only son, into the world that we might live through him. The cross is God's bold demonstration of love. He sent his only beloved son to suffer the shame and agony of crucifixion and his love built a bridge across the gulf of sin that separated us from the Father. We could never, what's name, cross that. An eight-year-old girl who was painfully shy, unattractive and generally shunned by the other children the orphanage directors regarded her as a problem child. A rule of the home was that the directors approved of writings prior to sending mail. One afternoon, this girl was seen hiding her letter between the branches of a tree hanging over the wall. The letter was seized and read, and it read this, To anybody who finds this, I love you. She was shunned by everybody. This is what she wrote. And she didn't want anybody else to read so she put it in the tree and they found it. It's the same way our Lord Jesus was driven by a loveless world outside the city wall. He hung on that cross a message from the God, from God to the world, I love you. While we were still trampling. The example of Jesus Christ, inclusive and active. In 1 John 3, 16, 18, this is how we know what love is by considering the example of Jesus Christ. The perfect pattern of love. The way we respond to others is to walk in Jesus' footsteps. This includes all people and it was active in their lives. Jesus faced many untouchables in his day. He did. Dr. Ernest Klemeniok from, from India, in his lifetime, he pioneered 1,400 churches, planted 1,400 churches, three hospitals. I don't know how many, what's the name, uh, uh, places for the lepers of, of the country, because there's a lot of lepers in, uh, in India still. And he came past their village one day at the end of the day and the village was all lepers. And he looked after them. He had doctors going in there, everything. And uh, they motioned him to come over. And they're all lepers, right? Uh, Dr. Ernest was 
four years older than me, but he looked younger than me. Because I gave him the, I, I said, you know, youth before beauty, I said one day, when in a line. And he said, uh, Bernard, I think I'm older than you. And he was by four years. <laughs> so he had good looks as well as beauty, so... They motioned him into the village and they said, we are just about to have communion. We want you to join us. There was about 30 people sitting around a table. Bits and pieces were falling off their faces, off their fingers, off their toes. They were having communion and they had one cup. The cup is going around and he saw pieces dropping into the cup. When he was telling the story, there was 800 people in the conferences, in the conference. There was hardly anybody that wasn't crying. I was sitting there bawling my eyes out listening to him tell the story. As the pieces came, fell into the cup and the cup came to him. Will you stand with your brothers and sisters? And he drank out of that cup. That is the greatest show of love that I have ever heard of from another human being that I got to know and got to appreciate and got to really honour for what he had done. Jesus went out of his way to minister to lepers. They needed his love. What will we do if we were confronted with something like that? The Samaritans also were considered social untouchables. Jesus ministered to the Samaritan woman and honoured every Samaritan in his parable of the Good Samaritan. Wow. And they weren't of the chosen race. Jesus had fellowship with the religious people who didn't scrupulously keep the law and were regarded as ceremonially unclean. Jesus saw every person as valuable and full of potential. Well, we see people the same way. As valuable and full of potential. My mother always used to say, you were worse than the other seven put together. <laughs> and she told me that a number of times. So I, it was pretty much in my mind. And I went to a Sunday school in a, in a church that was a, of, of a, wasn't a reformed church, but it was like a, what's name? It was an evangelical church. And the lady that that was in charge of that, saw something good in me and wrote something in the Bible that she gave me just a little while, while before we left Holland. Let me, let me read what she, what, what she said about me. I just, it blows me away still. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. 
That's what she gave me as an 11-year-old. And I was naughtier than all the other kids in there. Obviously, she saw something in me. She desired to see something in me that was from the heart of God rather than, well, look at that, you know, like. We have, we have real problems with this thing. Our intellect. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And people say that's the mind, will, and emotions. But the Bible says, with all your soul and your mind, and it talks about the mind being the intellect, and our intellect needs to be saved as well as our soul. Jesus saw every person as valuable and full of potential. That kind of love is the pattern for every Christian. Come on, can I, hear, can I say it again? That kind of love is the pattern for every Christian that we see people with potential. Amen. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Can this love be seen to be at work in us? We ask, who's my brother? When we love, we seek people in need, we discover our brother. We tend to love those who love us or share our values. I said that that's natural thinking. Too often we demand change before we show love. Show me that you've changed. But agape love includes everyone. Love actively seeks to share with some. All. It's all. The love of Christ is not gullible or naive. If we love God who is holy, we cannot love the things that are against Christ. That's anti-Christ. We love sinners. We don't love their sin. Do not love the world or anything in the world, for everything that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. That's where it comes from. Christ's love is exclusive. Christ's love is also eternal. What does it say in Jeremiah? I've loved you with an everlasting love. It just never stops. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. Those receiving Christ by repentance and faith towards begin to do God's will. We can't say that we are saved if the love of God does not reside in us to the point that it comes out of us. It has to come out of us before the world can see that we really love him. Paul affirmed that nothing could separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's God's love, but we need to respond to that. God's boundless love. As arching sky above us when we wake and sleep, above us when we smile and weep, above us when we live and die. It never stops. It never stops. Finally, probably no word in our vocabulary is as misunderstood as love. It's always about feelings. If I feel, then I will show. Get out. 
We apply it to food and clothing and taste. We apply it to everything. I love that kind of food. No, you enjoy that kind of food. You don't love it. You're not marrying to it. You're not taking it with you everywhere. Come on, you just enjoy it. Too romantic relationship, people fall in love. Well, if you fall in love, you'll fall out. You've got to commit to somebody. It doesn't just happen any other way. Religious experiences, oh, I just love that. Our car, I just love my car. Oh, come on. It's going to rust. You've got to pay registration every year. You've got to stick petrol in it all the time. You don't love that. It costs you money. <laughs> a five-year-old asked me one day, Daddy, how do you spell love? And Daddy's put in T-I-M-E. Time. Which she proudly printed on a special note to those she loved. The spelling of love in our lives is infinitely more complex. In Christ, the true meaning is available. The nations of the world so desperately need this love right now. Come on. Look what's happening in Europe. Look what's happening between Ukraine and Russia. Look what's happening in Israel and the Gaza Strip. Look what's happening in Africa. Look what's happening in South America. The list goes on and on and on. Can they see Christ at work loving through us? Can they? They need to. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Father, we thank you, Lord, that you gave us such an amazing example of love. Lord, you didn't give us a theory. You gave us a practical example. You sent your only begotten son into the world. Because you loved us so much and you could see that we were going to a, an eternity without you, and you, that love wouldn't allow it. That love said, I will do something about it. The only religion in the whole world, the only religion in the world where God came to die for man. It's not us reaching up, it was you reaching down. And Lord, what an amazing change it has brought in all of our lives. Help us. Help us to be loving and kind. Help us to do just so much better than we've ever done before. Every one of us can improve. Every one of us can do better. Help us to be obedient to the voice of your spirit. As you speak to us, Holy Spirit, as to what we are to do, how we are to speak, how we are to show love, rather than just talk about it. Help us in all those areas. Please, Lord, make us more Christ-like. Lord, that's your intended purpose, according to Romans 8, that you want to make us to be like your son. Father, may that be a, a process that we totally agree with and totally are in tune with you with and say, let it be unto me. I ask that in the mighty name of Jesus.
Amen. If anybody wants prayer after the service concerning any of the stuff that I've talked about, I'd love to stand and pray with you and see God bring real change to your life. And Don, give it back to you. This love caper sounds like hard work. But there's one thing about work. Get rid of it. Don't use the word work. Substitute it for obedience. Not random acts of obedience, because that's arbitrary. It depends on how you feel at the time. But intentional acts of obedience. Of obedience. Set out to say, the next person I come across... I'm going to obey God in what he tells me for that person and do it for everyone that you see. Jesus didn't randomly die on the cross for us. It was intentional. God intentionally sent Jesus It's not just he was all going along one day and thought, eh, let's do something different. It was an intentional act from, as Bernie said, just after Adam and Eve ate from the tree. Let's go out and change the world. Show them who our God is. We can't do it in these walls here. We've got to do it out there. Because the world doesn't come to us in here. But we're surrounded by it out there. Father, we want to thank you for what's been said to us today. We want to thank you, Father, that you loved us enough that you instigated. That we had no say in it, but you did. We want to thank you, thank you that you thought enough of us to reach out to us. Thank you, Father, that you not only love us that are in here, but everyone that's out there.